As long as you take and top as long as you talk into the mic, we'll be fine. <laughs> Don't do what I do. Whatever I do is the wrong thing. All right, welcome to the Van Man Podcast. My name is Sam, and I am the Van Man. <laughs> today I have Sarah Sand as my guest. Today she is. Uh, we were just talking about this. We decided to call her. She's an MIT grad student, which isn't really like all that Sarah is, but it is accurate. There's welcome no the definer that would be everything i guess for anyone yeah it's kind of weird because like with mark the last episode we uh called him the pianist just because we talked about piano, piano. that's like a specific yeah. hobby so if we were focusing on like any particular your history topic. of gymnastics or something we could call you a gymnast yeah, that's but true. this is going to be a little bit more like general broad so um why don't you give your little like spiel on like describe yourself who are you <laughs> tell people like who is sarah sand and then and then we'll kind of go from there. Um, okay. I'm 27. I'm from Ohio. Uh, I'm a Midwestern girl at heart. <laughs> um, that we were debating whether Ohio is the Midwest, but it is. Um, what else? Um, now I'm like thinking of all the, okay. Now I'm going to be weird. What is, uh, what are you studying at MIT? Like, I study material science at MIT. Now I live in Boston. Uh, I've lived in Boston for four years. Uh, I like traveling. I lived in Germany for a year. Um, these are things I do. Not don't know if they're who I am, but um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty that's good start. a pretty good we'll, start. We'll, we'll ask some more questions. So for everybody else, if you listen to the last episode with Mark, uh, I'm kind of gearing this podcast a little bit more towards like everyday people that i just think are cool and that are doing fun things in their life that seem happy right and then the way that we'll break up this this episode is the first five ten minutes ish or whatever i have some questions that are more along the lines of you know what is a day in the life of sarah sand like just what's what's a little bit more about you to give people like a frame of reference yeah and then the second half will be like you know, gen- more broad questions. Like, what would you be your advice for living a happy gotcha, life? Gotcha, that gotcha. kind of thing. So, um, but to give a little bit of background on how Sarah and I know each other, <laughs> um, we were really good friends in high school 12 years, 11 years ago. Something like, like that. Like, freshman, sophomore year. And then I moved to Utah when we were, I mean, it was 2011, so I don't even know what we age were we were. We're going into junior year of high school, and I moved. And then we are, like, the only ones that kept up. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we continue to be friends. We follow each other on Instagram. We like chat. In college, we used to Skype and like, yeah, Skype. Like, yeah, Skype. Like, I can't remember the, the last old days time. of Skype. Literally, the last I time I used Skype. I still say Skype, but I don't Skype. Yeah, yeah. Now I use Zoom or some anything else. Yeah, anything else. Anything but Skype. But we like kept up for eleven years, and then um, you know I'm in the van, I'm traveling around, and I decided to come up to Boston to see Sarah. This is the first time we've actually seen each other in eleven years. Yeah, is the last couple of days that we've been spending together, which is pretty wild yes <laughs> like to, to see like i don't know that's literally like half a lifetime ago for us yeah yeah so uh i guess one question that i should ask is in the last 11 years just from your point of view how do you feel like you've changed from high school Oof. sarah to now um i feel a lot more comfortable in my own skin than i did when i was 16 which i would assume is everyone's trajectory God, I, would I hope, hope. is everyone's yeah. trajectory <laughs> Um, I think I was a lot judgier when I was 16. 
you kind of like you've just met less less people in life and i think have a lot less empathy for people doing things differently than you do things um so i feel like i've i've like gotten more scope of the world in that sense um yeah i think i just also know a lot more what i want in life than i did when i was 16 um i hope so um I, yeah, I was, I feel like in, when I was 16, I didn't know what, like, I wasn't even particularly interested in science, and now science is, like, a huge part of my life. Um, yeah, so those are the major when, ones. When was, like, your, I don't know, awakening to science? Like, wh- when did <laughs> that I mean, I life? say I didn't, wasn't interested in it then, but... Since I was a little kid, like, my dad has been like, oh, you should go into engineering. Because I've always been, like, like, he always gives the example of I was one time, like, in the passenger seat of the car trying to figure out how the handle of the glove box worked. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, how does this latching mechanism work yeah. for, like, half an hour? And Or I would, like, take toys apart and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So, in that sense, I've always been that way. And I've always loved math, like... My sister was always like the writing kid and I was always the math kid and she's uh, three years older than me. And I used to always try and like pick up her math homework and try and do her math homework. Um, so I've always loved those aspects. Um, and then I think like I was going into college kind of not knowing what I wanted to do, kind of went like, sure, why not? Let's do an engineering field. Um, and then the program that I, like the honors program at Ohio University that I wanted to do didn't have engineering, but they had physics and they called it engineering physics, but it's basically applied physics. Um, and I liked that program. So I was like, sure. And then I think when I got into call, like started college and it was like, people are doing research and like trying to improve the world with science. I got much more like gung ho about the whole thing. Um, yeah. So I think that first year of college, like really shifted how I thought about like what role yeah, I remember that would you play being in very my life. Save the planet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like don't disagree with. I just, oh, for sure. I think it's very simplistic when you're 19 and uh, it's a little more complicated now. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, and I don't think there's anybody in the world who you would go to and say, do you want to save the planet? And they'd be like, no, no. Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah, the yeah. Thing, but it, it, there's a difference in how people actually act on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. So, um, today, what's your life like now? What's a, like a day in the life of Sarah Zand? Um, I mean, I will say the flexibility of being a grad student, it varies a lot. Um, so I, I live with three people in a horribly expensive apartment in Cambridge. Um, and I usually go to work by any time between eight and 10, probably, on most days um and a day can vary from like entirely desk work of just analyzing data or sending emails or planning next experiments to i'm in the lab fully for eight hours um something i like about my job is that it's like not entirely desk work it's a lot of like I get up and walk a lot in my job yeah sometimes you get to wear a bunny suit sometimes i get to wear a bunny suit um or work in a glove box that's annoyingly physically taxing because um, it's just so 
Okay, now I should describe what a glove box is if I'm going to talk about a glove box. I was going to ask, yeah. So Yeah, <laughs> I was like, most people don't know what that is. So I work in something called a glove box, which is um, basically a big metal box with a glass front with usually two ports in the front that have like the rubber gloves that are kind of attached and sealed to the box. So it allows you to have a different gas inside while still working with your materials. Um, so basically the materials I'm working with shouldn't be exposed to air. Um, so I work with them inside an argon glove box, um, which means you're working usually with two to three pairs of gloves on and like thick rubber gloves, um, and trying to like move very small objects, <laughs> um, which can really be a pain in the butt. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah, that's definitely different from me working on my laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally every day. Um, I mean, I know people who like switched from doing experiment to computation because they were just like, I'm a klutz and I can't. They're like, I'm just bad at doing the physical really? task of this. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't, I never would have guessed that it's really that difficult that people like. I mean, not commonly, kind of, you know? but yeah. if you drop a sample that you've been working on for a week, it can't oh, that's sucks. a bad day yeah. I, i've done that many times yeah um and if you're just someone who that commonly happens to it's gonna happen every week then it's you're like brutal. this I, I don't want to do this oh uh, that's interesting because we talked about the glove box and i just figured like oh yeah it's it's fun not hard it's like, weirdly it's most of the time it's not hard but um there are certain tasks you have yeah, to do that are hard everyone. yeah 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 cool so you that's like your, that's your day job. You do that, yeah. what, 20, 40, 60 hours a week? Yeah, again, it ranges. There's probably weeks where I only work 20 hours a week. Um, technically, that's all I'm required to do uh, to get a paycheck. But um, yeah, some weeks it's 60 plus. Um, I don't actually keep track, so I have no idea. But um, What's it like being an <laughs> MIT student? Like the MIT. <laughs> uh, it's funny because like, I mean, everyone I see on a daily basis goes to MIT and or Harvard. Um, so it's not something I really think about after four years here. Um, definitely the first year or so I had a lot of like, do I belong here? Are people here smarter than me? Am I like capable of doing this? Um I think when I came in, like, a lot of people went to big-name schools. Um, and, like, my group of friends is, like, largely people who didn't go to the, like, Caltech or Harvard or Berkeley or, like, all the fancy schools. Um, right. So, yeah, it, it definitely, like, imposter syndrome It was, like, really real for the first year. And honestly, I didn't know if I would stay for the, that first year was really kind of on and off whether I felt like I would stay. Um, and sorry, that was four years ago? Yeah, four I started ago? four years ago. Okay. Yeah. Were you dating Kaylin at that time? Yeah. So that, just for reference for everybody else, yeah. that's part of it too, is that you and Kaylin have been long distance since. Since I started, so yeah. So part of that is also, I'm with yeah. my partner. Yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah, moved to Boston, not knowing anyone. Um, away from my partner after living with my partner in Germany. Um, so there was just like a whole heck of a lot of adjustments. Um, but yeah, I think after 
six months to a year, I like really had a community here and that goes a long way to like right. making you feel. You realize that MIT students are just as stupid as everyone yeah, yeah, else exactly. a lot of times. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was telling Sam like projectors still don't work in MIT, you know, like people still have problems, like mistakes in their slides when they're lecturing and, you know, all the stupid things you have at any university are, are still true here. Um, which is weirdly comforting. Um, but yeah, there's also, I would say like more egos. Um, it takes a certain type of person to be like, I want to be a professor at MIT, I think. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes you're navigating that a little bit more, but yeah. Cool. Um, what is life like after, after work, after, after work? MIT? Yeah. Like, um, like who do you interact with? the most um people my people are mostly people who are also in my same program okay that's certainly not true across the board and i know people who actively don't want their friend group to be people who do what they do sure yeah um because that comparison can be hard or just it's good to have perspective that not everyone in the world does what we do right um but i mean i recently started doing gymnastics again um, I did it all through childhood and then haven't done it for 10 years and just came back to it also at, with the MIT team. Um, so that's after work a lot of days, um, probably three or four days a week. And then I have dinner with my roommates and watch some TV and go to bed. <laughs> it's a very exciting life. What do you like about your friends? Like why, like you said that, you know, some people actively avoid uh, being friends with the people that they're working with as well. Yeah. Obviously there's like a reason why it's worth it for you. What makes it so um, worth it? I actually think a lot of people don't understand the life that of being a grad student at MIT. Right. Like it's hard to explain all the stress that comes with it and also like why you enjoy it. And so having people who get that, um, and get like that imposter syndrome feeling and like are able to talk about that really helps for me. Um, like even like my parents, sometimes I'm just like, it's really hard to explain to you like what being here feels like some days. Um, so in that way, it's really nice to just have people around who, who get it. Um, yeah. And I think just, yeah, the, the day-to-day struggles that I have are the, pretty much the same as the day-to-day struggles that they have, hmm. and that goes a long way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How, how do you think they would describe you? Describe me generally? Yeah. Um, like, how would your friends describe you? <laughs> um, probably as a real oversharer and an open book. <laughs> um, <laughs> a crier. <laughs> um I was telling you that one of my friends recently was like saying that um, someone was describing me as being just very like comfortable and comfortable in who I am and what I'm doing. And that that was a real compliment to me. Um, I like the thought of that. Um, I'm also someone who like I think they'd also say I I take on everyone else's problems. Like everything is my responsibility in my book. Uh 
in like kind of a narcissistic way <laughs> um not in a truly empathetic way but <laughs> yeah like some my friend will like not do well on some exam and i'll be like i really should have helped him study more and they're like this actually isn't about you <laughs> um yeah so that's yeah that's one quality i'm working on <laughs> not being quite so that way so don't take everybody else's pain yeah that's funny um do you want to talk about uh what do you do? Like, what's a typical weekend look like when you're not at work and you're with your friends? Mm. What do, like, what do your friends and you decide to do? Um, so I do work a decent number of weekends, um, sure. or at least like one day a week. Um, so it can vary a lot. We like to go up to New Hampshire and go hiking at least, a couple, you know, at once every couple months. Um, or yeah. My roommates are really into hiking, um, so that's always a fun trip. Um, and we have a couple spots nearby that we like to do that. Otherwise, like, we like playing Wingspan and watching yeah. dumb TV and doing puzzles. Um, Wingspan's the best. Yeah, so that's a lot of um, weekends. Or, like, going to a party or I have, I'll go to yeah. a party tomorrow. Parties, bars, board games. Yeah. Yeah, game nights pretty cool it's nice chill. that you guys are so close to new hampshire and vermont like yeah hiking is just absurd out here yeah it's pretty nice i mean it's funny because my roommates are from montana two of them well only one of them now uh-huh. um and they're like the hiking is shit out here <laughs> but um it's different <laughs> it's different yeah but it is it is nice to it's actually not that far to get yeah. out into some nature um i'm not used to living in a city still um so i think that requires some adjustment you're doing so well i'm doing, doing so i know the subway so well yeah um. <laughs> all right let's um let's switch over to some of these life questions okay i think uh i think that's where it gets it gets a little more interesting in terms of like i i think a part of this podcast is everyday people have really good advice right like yeah snippets and those little like life-changing sentences and stuff don't have to come from just your big wig celebrities on YouTube and Instagram. Yeah, what do they you know? know? What I mean? yeah, <laughs> well, they're just normal people doing exactly yeah, yeah, what we're yeah, doing. Yeah. You know, they're just making more money out of it. So <laughs> shit. Um, do you have any beliefs about the about the universe? Any spiritual about the beliefs? Universe. No. Um, I grew up as Catholic, and I think like when I when I was like, oh, there's no God. I think I was also like, yeah, there's there's nothing we're just matter and energy. Frankly, I find that depressing sometimes. But um <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Um yeah, but I don't have any major beliefs. I mean, in some ways it's freeing of like all that matters is enjoying life here and being kind to the people here and yeah, the most of my beliefs center around around that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. We we talked about that a little bit, I think, the other day. It, it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as what you believe helps you be kind to other people. Yeah. Because if yeah. you're going to be a jerk to other people, then I'm going to step in. If you're yeah. going to be nice, I don't really care. Yeah, just, and just I think nice. I, I actually think fondly, I I think I miss religion in a lot of ways. Um, For and sure. So, so, yeah, I think I, I think on it very fondly. And, yeah, I think. I know a lot of people who aren't religious now and kind of are resentful of um, 
the religion that they grew up in and i don't really feel that way at all yeah uh yeah no i know some people like that too. yeah and it's it's almost sad because then they're just they're they're releasing all of this hate yeah and religion, like you know? don't it's get like, me wrong there are the reasons point? for people to sure. be frustrated um but, but yeah that it is kind of sad all right uh the golden question when do you feel most like you <laughs> this is for for background everybody uh Sarah asked me this question, I think, the first time when we were 18, back on those sure. Skype calls. Something, I think it was 18. Yeah. And it's a question that I've, like, thought about deliberately several times throughout the last 10 years, and I've asked tons of people And I've never asked question. anyone else. She never gave it a second thought, but I, like, really latched onto this question. And it, it's cool, because it's, like, the question, it's, the answers have really changed over the years. Like, I think I said, at at that time, I remember I answered the question with, I feel most like myself when I'm slacklining. And I haven't touched a slackline in like 10 years, like five years, six years. We can change that today. Uh, um, we could. Because yeah, <laughs> you have a slackline. I do. Uh, when do you feel most like you? When do I feel most like me? Um, I think I feel most like me when I'm with friends who I, I know really well. Um, I tend to be much more like shy and reserved around people that I don't know very well. Um and that feeling of being able to have conversations with people I I know well puts me so at ease. And I'm such a, like, verbal processor right. um, that I think that that I feel really like myself when I'm just getting to shoot the shit with people that I really like. Um, I would say also gymnastics, coming back to it after 10 years has felt like, oh, I, I feel like me doing this. Um, and that's felt really great. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one of those things that I was like, I was such an idiot to be away from it for 10 years because um, I really do feel like myself in not only doing the sport, but at least in the I've been lucky that the gyms I've grown up in have been like so encouraging and people are always cheering for each other. And there's just such a sense of like, let's see what crazy shit we can do. Um, yeah. And I, I love that environment. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's a great answer. Thank you. I love that you gave basically like two scenarios, one that is people-based and one that's personal and, and hobby-based. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that in, in my mind when I've thought about that question, that's usually how I break it down. It's am I doing the things that I'm comfortable with and am I with the people that right, right, I'm, right. you know, that give me the space to kind of yeah. make myself and make mistakes. Um, okay. What does happiness look like to you in life? Ooh, good one. What does it mean to be happy? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think happiness is one of those goals that if you like look too hard at it, it, it eludes you. Yeah. Um, because I think there's definitely been times in my life where I'm like, I have all the things I should want and I'm still not happy with it. Like, it's a joke that we were going into one of our tough exams during my first year and someone, I don't even know that well went just like, isn't this all you've ever dreamed of? <laughs> Basically meaning like, <laughs> look, we made it to MIT and like, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely believe in like, um, you're, you're gonna feel sad sometimes. You're gonna have right. shitty days. Um, I'm a big believer in a good cry. I actually think you recommended to me the book, um, Tuesdays with, Maury? Jesus is Maury. Damn, and, that's a good book. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I read it in Scotland like 10 years ago. Yeah. And the one, one concept they have in that book is like, B 
be like a faucet and like just let yourself experience the emotion and then let it go. Um, And I think I'm. He says, I let myself cry in the morning for five minutes and yeah. then I get up and I go to work. Yeah. And, I get up and, go to and I, I think sometimes it's very freeing today to be like, this day beat me, <laughs> yeah. this day won, and I'm going to go home and cry yeah. it out and we'll wake up tomorrow and yeah. figure out how to be happy tomorrow. Um, and yeah, I think that's a big factor for me of just accepting that the shitty days are going to come and you have to be okay with that. Um, and then shaping your life around things that make you happy. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's maybe having a hard time, like kind of moving past yesterday and, and moving past like the terrible events and are just trying to make it to tomorrow? I mean, I, I saying all this, I'm like, I've lived a very lucky life. So it's like, sure, it's course. hard advice to give, but, um, I think surrounding yourself with people who are going to like pick you up on those days on days when you can't goes a long way. Um, I also think like sometimes you need to do the like hierarchy of needs, you know, like if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're not getting enough exercise, um, the, the other things are harder to get to fall into place. You have to be able to focus on yourself first. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big, I, it's almost frustrating how much your like physical health can also have an effect on yeah. those things. Um, but I, I really think they do. I'm also a big believer in therapy. So, um, sometimes you need someone else to help you get through right. a tough thing. Um, and sometimes you need that person to be a professional who can't, who like who knows. can't judge you and <laughs> yeah. like knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's great advice. It, it, it's very similar to what you're saying about when you feel most like you is, is surround yourself with the people that, that matter. Yeah. You know, that are going to help pick yourself yeah. up. I think that's a huge difference also from when I was 16. I think now I have such a attitude of like, if, if I don't like you that much as a person, like if you're not someone I feel excited about talking yeah. to and inspires me in some way. I just don't really have time. Yeah, there's a lot of people, especially when you're younger and you're just like stuck in high school, there's a lot of people you kind yeah. of just get stuck with. Right, and you right. Deal with them. And almost in a brutal way, I can be a bit like, I I don't want yeah. this person you in my life now. Time in my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think it means to be good? Good. Um, this is something I think I've grappled with because I think um, I had much more of like a martyr attitude when I was 19 or so that I was like, I'm going to work crazy hard in this career and try and save the world. And if like I'm miserable in the process, that's fine. Oh, um, and yeah, I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I mean, I think be, like being kind in day to day life um is like makes such a difference and trying to support the people around you and then on a bigger scale if you can like make try and make one small like contribution to your greater community um in your life then that those are the kind of baseline to me um but also like at the end of the day you have to you know on the plane they say you have to put your oxygen mask on first um and I'm a big believer in that, that like, you're not 
I mean, I know I'm not kind and patient to the people around me when I'm in a bad headspace. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Can you maybe give an example of a time that, let's say, uh, kind of the situation is you had a really great day, but then your friend really didn't. And so it's kind of your, you know, on your own words, that's kind of like your responsibility as the close friend to kind of pick them up on their day that they're yeah. having a bad day. What's so it's a joke in my house that the worst month of 2020 in our house was February, um, before any pandemic crap happened. Yeah. Um, because one of my very close friends, um, failed a qualifying exam, oh. uh, which is a hard day. He retook, uh, he retook it. He's fine. Right. Um, and one friend got essentially like kicked out of their research group. Wow. Um, to like back to back, um, like on one was on a Tuesday and the other was on a Wednesday. Wow. Um, and one was on their birthday, so it was just, oh, a, just a really bad yeah. week in our house. And it was also when all the rest of us were all taking our qualifying exams, so like right. we all had a lot of stress going on. Um, and that was a week where it was just like. This friend is crying. Let me talk to them. This friend is crying. Let me talk to them. Um, and I like to think that, like, I actually was quite supportive on those days. Um, but after about a week, I got in a huge fight with one of those friends because I was like, I just need someone to, like, take care of me for, like, five minutes because I feel like I've been taking care of everybody else for a week. Right. Um, so, yeah. It's definitely one of those things that it it feels good to do, but it is emotional labor. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also tricky to ask because we're so used to not having to ask for, I need help. I yeah. Need emo like, I need emotional support. Sit down and talk with me. Yeah. You know, we just kind of, like, we either assume that people are going to know or we feel like it's too needy. Yeah. Ask, but it's yeah. like, no, you need it. And like, yeah. sometimes what somebody needs is just like a little bit of an outline on how can I help you? you right. Know, just right, tell me right. exactly what I need to do. Yeah. I think because I'm such an open book and such an open crier, <laughs> <laughs> I think people tend to feel pretty comfortable asking me. Um, yeah. but I, it's hard to say no when you, like, if I need a day where I'm like emotionally, I can't today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Good example. That would have been what a brutal week. It was a brutal week. <laughs> um okay. Uh are you are you scared of death? <laughs> yes. <laughs> why? Um I find why to this question so frustrating because I'm like, it's death. I don't need a reason. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know if it's like growing up Catholic, I definitely would be like I was scared of hell. Right. Um, or even like just what, whatever. Like I, w I don't know that I was sure of what came after, but I was scared to find out. Um, and now I think I'm more scared of the, so I was saying like my worst fear is drowning. Like in movies when someone's in a room filling up with water, you know, and like yeah, you yeah. can't get out. That is what, it's the panic of knowing that I'm going to die that scares me more. More than the actual Like, death. if I died in my sleep, I'm, like, not really scared of that. I'm scared of knowing that it's going to happen soon. Like the Tuesdays with Maury. 
the, yeah, yeah, that sounds terrifying. I'm going to, me. to die in six months. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be tough. I decided to throw that question in because it's a question that I asked my grandparents in their episode. Right. And I was like, why am I only asking 92-year-olds this? Right, right, you know? right. Like, what, yeah. what does a 27-year-old have to say? Yeah. My grandma, what she said was, I've just never experienced it. Like, I'm a little bit scared of something that I just don't, the, yeah, I don't know. That's true. You know, I that's don't know what true. it feels like. I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. My, my partner, Kaylin, is not scared of death, and it actually, like, really frustrates me. <laughs> Because I'm like, if we're going to grow old together, I need someone else who's terrified of this. Yeah. Um, Does yeah. he have a reason, like, why he's not scared? No, he's, he's like, it's not existing. So, like, what is, the, you won't be there to experience it. So, like, what what is there to fear? Yeah. Which is valid. Yeah. He's like, true. I mean, I don't want to die. I like living. But um, he was like, I, I don't, I'm not scared of it. Yeah, I, my I'm not scared of it. it. At least, I don't think you know. Maybe I need to be a little bit. Maybe I need to have more experiences that are closer to death. Right, to right, right, you, right, right. Because I really haven't. But uh, I'm not scared of it because I I just don't feel like it's worth giving any thought and emotion to something I can't control. Oh well, I don't try yeah. and think about the fact that I'm afraid of death. Sure, but but if you ask me, you know, like if I think about it, I am. Huh. Good answer. Hmm. Uh. Okay, last question. Uh, what's the next chapter of life? Oof. Uh, that's a big question. Yeah, it's kind of a loaded question. It's kind of a loaded question. Um, I don't know. Um, I think when I was 22, I was like very, I'm going to go to grad school and then I'm going to do a postdoc and then I'm going to become a professor. I'm going to marry Kaylin. We're going to have two kids. Um and I think recently I've been like exploding that a little bit more just in that I don't want my whole life to be planned out already. I'm 27 and I should be more open to more experiences. Um, so I want to get this goddamn PhD. Um, <laughs> I want to go on a road trip um, after that. And then I'll probably do a postdoc, but I might go into industry and make more money um that's also an option um i feel a little bit more like my career is going to be a weird winding path and that's okay um i kind of want to live in a commune for the rest of my life i love living with friends um so i'm trying to figure out ways to make that happen um because yeah friendships are just like top of my priority list <laughs> Um, yeah, so those are the things I'm figuring out right now. Um, so next chapter is, but I have no idea where I'll live. That's, I have no idea. I might live, try and live in the UK. Yeah. I might live somewhere in the US. My partner has a research group he's interested in Hawaii and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's to move Hawaii. to Hawaii. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm kind of. I traveled a lot in undergrad and I haven't gotten to travel much in the last four years. Um, and I would like to have that as part of my life again. I was telling you, I really enjoy uprooting my life and, um, that process. Yeah. Um, I don't get me wrong. I've really enjoyed feeling settled and having long, like longer term friendships here. Um, but I enjoy the thrill of a new city. Just figuring it out. And just let's wing it. Let's yeah. do it. I love that answer. And I think that 
is a great way to end this episode because I think that we have a tendency to look at people and think they know what's going on. They've got a plan. Yeah. They, <laughs> you know, like you, you think of your typical stereotypical uh, MIT student and you just assume like, oh, they're very successful. They're going to be very successful. Mm. They know what's going on. And I think you are very successful. I think you are a very smart person. But like, you, I also have no idea what's you're, going yeah, on. You're trying to figure yeah. it out just like the rest I of us. I think you'd also be shocked how many MIT professors were like, I didn't plan on being an MIT professor. I just continuously said yes to things. And right. this is where I ended up. Yeah. Um, I kind of don't want to do that. I want to be a little bit more conscious about A little about... bit more proactive. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely, I, I, I'm kind of in the mode of getting a degree from PH, a uh, degree from MIT can't hurt my future. Um, right. So we're going to go try this for a while. And cool. it's certainly an interesting chapter. Love it. Thanks so much, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks. Hope everybody else enjoyed. See ya.